So the day after the UK voted in favor of Brexit, um, post-truth one. That is a new term that is being coined right now called post-truth, post-truth, which is a misinformation. It's finding out the truth after the truth has already been told and still not agreeing with the truth. So you're, you, you're not believing what the truth is. Because you were led to believe what you thought was the truth was the because truth. of the misinformation because of misinformation ah, boy but this is a super i thing. hate social media <laughs> this is what like jeff and i and this is, like we were talking about earlier like the whole like canceling tiktok and all that shit this is kind of where it's stemming from there's a lot of misinformation out there and which, unfortunately which by the way did you watch that video with no, the joe rogan one i didn't Dude, watch, you it. Watch oh, yeah, it yeah i did watch it but the, the policies of tiktok and all yeah. that shit like they know everything and everything that you do yep Listen, but they're not the only site that does that. I, I'm not saying they are. Google does that shit. Like, there's a lot of different people out there who do that. Passengers, do me a favor. Read the terms and conditions. Read the terms and conditions and the policies of every app that you are on, okay? Just just do it and then make your own assumptions from there, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not telling you what to do. No. I'm just saying... Just you should go further, further in and research that because, like we have always said from day one to this day, if you have a question, do your own research. Further employ your curiosity. Let me see the Sherlock Holmes in you. Ooh, Bring it out. Do you have a pipe? I I have three. Oh, I have a normal corn cob pipe, like the ones that you would see, like the Amish kind of use, like an actual corn. Do you cob wear pipe. like bibbed overalls when you smoke that one? I I don't like overalls. <laughs> <laughs> but I also have a Gandalf one and I have a really cool Sherlock Holmes one. But the next one I'm getting is going to be a long dragon stem one, but it's going to be for bubbles. I don't even know why you're talking right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. So at that point, all right, it's supporters, like people leaving from Brexit, right? Yes. Right. The UK supporters here. Um, they admitted that they had um, misled the public over the advantages of leaving Europe for American healthcare. Hmm. Seems weird. It gained ground once more. Uh, one, um, it gained ground when uh, I guess more. I guess more. More so. Yes. It was just weird how it's weird. It is weird how it's weird. When Francois Fillon's center-right presidential campaign hurled, hurried, excuse me, into uh, to inflate the number of supporters who showed up for a rally in the Place Place du Trocadero, Trocadero, in Paris. Also, the Spanish government took great satisfaction in having uh, carefully put a large number of scholars overseas in order to foster scientific cooperation. But in reality, um, many researchers had already left as a result of the country's ongoing financial cuts. Other instances include the Turkish government, which claims that it uh, is subject to censorship in Europe, but jails its own journalists. That goes along a lot. There's a lot out there. Yeah, a lot. And Russia, you know that guy over there, the, the crazy guy. The guy who's always Putin. The, the turd. <laughs> He's a turd. Which uses deceptive media propaganda to spread false information throughout the entire world. Alternative facts, quote unquote on that, that's a, a, to- a coin term here, are produced and spread at all levels except politicians. Several analysts now refer to the current period as the age of post-truth due to the global tsunami of misleading information. But what is it? You know, what is this misleading information? The phrase, which was taken from the title of a book written by uh, writer Ralph Keyes, or Keyes? I'm going to say Keyes? Keyes? I think so, yeah. Uh, And released in 2004, got its 15 minutes of fame after being chosen as the Oxford Dictionary's Word of the Year in 2016. According to the Oxford Dictionaries, post-truth is an adjective, quote, 
related to or describing situations in which appeals to emotion and personal conviction are more powerful in molding public opinion than appeals to objective facts. So basically, what you feel is more powerful than what is actually true. Right. Your emotions are clouding the, 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 the truth, f- the facts. Yeah. Yeah. This definition displays a fundamental lack of trust in the, quote, legitimate information providers, especially media and or professionals, making an assertion of truth dubious. So falsehood assumes a routine quality, becomes omnipresent and overwhelming, and enjoys an almost tidal immunity. However, the sciences are not exempt, as seen by the debate over global warming and the categorical uh, opposition to vaccines, among other, or some people, right? Right. Some people will even assert that the Earth is <clears throat> flat. We've talked about that, you sons of bitches. And defend their right to say it, like former NBA player Shaquille O'Neal recently did. All I got oh, to say is that... Listen, uh, just want to play a plate. <laughs> all I got to say is that the Flat Earth Society does not think that any other planets in our solar system are flat because they have seen said planet. I just love when they refer to it as a globe. <laughs> It's my favorite thing. It's the best. It's my favorite thing. We have Flat Earth societal members all around the globe. Right. Right. Around the what? (laughs) Around the round thing. Yeah. You know what? Globe is round, right? (laughs) (sighs) However, there are many who object uh, to the phrase post-truth. Some commentators argue that since the phenomena of misinformation has always been, there is nothing particularly novel or quote-unquote post about it. Since when, uh, since when we have uh, actually lived in a, you know, an age of truth, right? We, we've had misinformation forever, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Very long time. Or have we had perfect and unbiased knowledge? No. Negative. Or bothered to hear opposing viewpoints and base arguments only on the truth. Mm. Only question, uh, or, or should I say others, question the relevance of the concept of truth given that it is frequently up to select ruling elites to decide what is true and false in order to further their own agendas. And we have a problem where we cannot have a discussion without throwing in our emotions. Yes. But there's also a quote that I just want to go back to. Ooh. What's the quote? The quote is, the victors write the history. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what it's basically saying, that like... yeah. I mean, it's the truth. It is. Yeah. Those who win will tell you what happened. Those who lost, they did. Yeah. (laughs) They're not there. They can't speak up. Yeah. So despite the lack of agreement, there does appear to be something novel about the current phenomenon. Several specialists believe it to be the hideous result of the collision between our psychological ancestors and technology advancement. But of course, there it is. Contrary to popular belief, the human brain is not as focused on objectivity as one might think. Hmm. Instead, preserving its own regime of truth is its top concern. In other words, our brains are stupid. They are. Yeah, they are. They're because simple. because we, oh boy, we have a tendency to have more emotions than thoughts yeah so our emotions cloud cognitive thinking yep they do you get upset about something and what happens now cognitively you know you shouldn't punch that guy in the face yeah emotionally 
you sucker punch the shit out of them. Yep. And then guess what happens? You get arrested. You get all these things. These things happen. Okay. Right. <laughs> I shouldn't say these things just happen, <laughs> but they do happen. But they do happen. They do happen. Yeah. Now, cognitively, you know you shouldn't do that. Right. You shouldn't do that. Just like debating someone that has a different fucking belief than you. You should learn from those with different beliefs. Yep. But those with different beliefs also should be willing to learn from you. You should have open debates about stuff. I, I've researched um, so many different religions, and my wife is a Christian. Yeah. I am not. Right. And and I, you know, having open debates about stuff, that's that's kind of politically. Yeah. That's, that's a huge one, too. But, but again, don't go off of, and this is kind of what it's saying, too, that everyone is going off of what they're reading on, on Facebook. Right. They're going off of what they're reading on Google. They're going and off of... There are so many, quote, trolls that are out there who enjoy there's actually a really good movie and i want to say it was the 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 dark night where some people just want to see the world burn you want to know how i got these scars you got some fighting you i like that but there really have been and if we go throughout history there have been disinformation tactics done by other countries where they were literally put False information just to fuck with the other countries. Our country did that. I know. We dropped. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I gotta say this. Yeah, I gotta yeah, say this. Yeah. We dropped during the Cold War. It is legit. We dropped extra large condoms in Russian-owned countries and called them small, just so the Russians thought we had big dicks. I feel like Lyndon Johnson was a part of that. He had to have been. <laughs> That's fucking elephant dick. The guy dick. who puts it on the table. Yeah, elephant dick. Yeah, yep. that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that B stood for big, baby. Big Johnson. <laughs> but we've done it. Like, our country yeah. has done it. Other countries have done it. And misinformation is horrible. That's why you, as a cognitive person who's listening to this, hopefully still, <laughs> you will do your own research. And you will look Please. on both sides of the aisle. And when you do that, look at actual, like, where the information's coming from. Yeah. Don't just go on Facebook and see someone that reposted something and go, oh my God. Like when we do There's our, an asteroid coming tomorrow. Right. Like when we do our, our podcast research, I don't look at Wikipedia. I look at 15, 20 different sites. I pretty much cite all my sources that I go through on the notes that we do because I don't just look at one particular article. And if you do, we, you still have to go through and then find out, okay, is there legitimacy behind correct. this? Correct. Like I look and yeah. see, there's, is there other five or six different people who back this up? And if there is so, then okay, maybe there is some truth to this particular article. You know? Right. So now Huger, uh, Hugh, Huger, <laughs> I just mashed his whole word, uh, name together, Hugo Mercier, and Dan Sperber's um, argumentative theory of reasoning, which was developed in France. Ha oh, the French. The French. Oh, look at me. I love the French. I had so much fun in Paris. Sorry. Anyway, uh, contends that our desire to be correct and persuade limits and shapes our, uh, it, our, it shapes our ability to reason. Right. Because we'd rather be right then <laughs> we'd rather feel like we're right than to be actually right. Correct. You know what I mean? Like that, that's yeah. It's the pride thing. There's, right. We are a very prideful species. Yeah. This, this explains uh, the many mistakes uh, we make in logic that far from being random or anar anarchic, anarchic. Yeah. Uh, anarchist. Almost. Is, is that where, the, is that where the, the, the polar bears live An anarchic? <laughs> oh, that's without the bears. <laughs> so it frequently serves to boost our ego. 
Confirmation bias is the tendency whereby we uh, more readily accept and retain information that agrees with us and supports our opinions. In a recent study, Jonas Kaplan of the University of Southern California and his colleagues found that ego representation involves the entire cerebral network called the default mode network. That means your brain, folks. When we learn knowledge that conflicts with our political beliefs, it feels as though our own identity is under attack. This network gets engaged, right? Because you have this emotional connection to your political affiliate. Mm -hmm. And if somebody attacks that or says something that you don't agree with, then immediately you feel personally attacked. Yeah. It's 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 very similar to like if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and if I say the Cleveland Browns aren't that great, you yourself kind of feel attacked because you think that I'm attacking you as a person when all I'm saying is the team that you so rightfully hold up on a pedestal isn't that great because of stupid things that they've done over the last few years. I mean, you're not wrong. Exactly. I'm not wrong. <laughs> See, that's me being cognitive and Correct. thinking about the thing and not being emotional behind right. it. So now, okay, before I uh, further on to this, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, every passenger out there, your government doesn't give a fuck about you. So why do we give a fuck about them? Why do we attach ourselves to people who could not give a fuck less about us? Wait, I believe in the Constitution. It says that we, the people, run this organization. Yeah, we're, we're supposed to. Supposed to. But we, the people, have taken a back seat mm -hmm. to greed, to power struggles, to all this bullshit. And we get so upset with one another. We, we as we, the people, are becoming divided over individuals that don't give a single fuck about us. Okay, so let's stop doing that. Let's stop. Of course, you should care about agendas and things like that, and you should. You should. You should do that. Mm -hmm. But don't, don't get yourself to the, in an uproar where you're fighting with someone because they have a different opinion over some political figure. That's a fucking. They're all dicks. They're all dicks. They're 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 all dicks. I'm uh, sorry. They're all dicks. Yeah. Every single one of them. Because if they weren't, okay. Oh boy, I was about to say something that might ruin everyone's day. <laughs> For how do I? Oh boy, the ones who aren't dicks usually wind up dead. Okay, truthfully, because the dicks they unfortunately have the power. So, and I'm not trying to like be on a fucking soapbox or anything like that. But I just I hate to see like man, I see friends and, and family they get so heated over something, and it's like man, I get it, I get that you're passionate about this, but they don't give a fuck about you, no. man. They don't they know don't, your name at all. Like they, they don't know your name. They don't, you know what I mean? And like, I understand the policies that the, like you stand behind because that's what they claim to stand behind. But when when's the last time we saw somebody really give a shit about the American people? Yeah, there's a, there's you know a, what I mean? there's a great lyricist out there that I don't necessarily agree with. But unfortunately, he did say in one of his songs that if you get caught lying to the government, you get thrown in jail. But if they get caught, the government gets caught lying to you. It's called politics. Exactly. It's the truth. It is. And they lie to us all the fucking time. The all misinformation, the time. everything else in there. And I'm sorry to get on the soapbox. And I it apologize is. if I upset any of you. But I just want you to know that I love you. I love you as a person. And I don't care what your political affiliation is. I don't care what your religious beliefs are. Just be a good person. If you're a good yeah. person, guess what? I want to share some whiskey with you. I, if you I don't agree. drink whiskey, we'll get some gin. I'll drink whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll I, drink I just, apple juice. I want everyone. Yeah, I'll drink water, man. Like, I don't <laughs> give a shit. Let's just let's break some bread and be cool with each yeah, other. Man. Let's stop tearing every we, we 
keep tearing each other down over people that have way more power and way more money than we do. And for what? For what? Really? There's yeah. no reason because at the end of the night, man, we all live under the same fucking sky. We live in the same country. And if you live in a different country, you know what I'm talking about. It, it, whether it's the American government or any other government, you know exactly what I'm saying. We all live under the same stars. So let's stop being that way towards each other. Let's fucking just, man, let's just hang out. Let's be yeah, cool, man. man. If you want to have a discussion, let's have a discussion. Right, we, let's talk. We can talk. But keep that thing in your chest. Keep it under control. There's a reason why your brain and your heart are separate. Right. And I always, I had, a, I actually wrote a song years ago. It, the song was just called um, um, War. Mm-hmm. And the, the chorus line to it was, um, Whoa! No, not that one. <laughs> but the war, meaning the, the heart against the head. Yeah. Your brain against your heart. Because your brain, it makes cognitive decisions. Yep. Your heart thinks emotionally. Right. And emotions are great, but emotions, can get your ass in trouble. Yep. And it can cause a lot of problems. So truth. That that's it. That's all I'm saying. I I, I love every single one of you in 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 for real. Like I, I don't want to ever disparage anybody in your beliefs. Come talk to us. If you yeah. ever ever feel and I know and and this is kind of stemming from a, a comment that somebody made recently and I guess I just I had to get the, I had to get it off my chest. Yeah, I get it. That I would never disparage anybody. No. I I don't. We may we're going to make jokes. Of course. I'm going to make jokes on all sides Correct. because they all fucking suck. Everybody sucks. And they unfortunately. can eat a big old bag of grape nuts. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But grape nuts are horrible, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you eat that cereal, you like gravel is all I'm saying. So anyway, moving on. God, I'm sorry. I went on that tangent. Oh, should I cut that out? No, it'd no. be all right. Yeah. You sure? Uh, no. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think I'm being mean or, or, or you know what I mean? There's I'm, no meanness in that's this. That's not, it's, man, I got nothing but love for everyone that listens to this fucking and show, that's, dude. That's the truth. We yeah. love every single one of you guys, but yeah. we just want you guys to understand that there's truth to both sides. Yeah, and 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 it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It no. really doesn't. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We're here for you and you're here for us. Yeah. Let's just all live And we're here to make you laugh and have fun. I mean, I laugh fucking constantly on this show. Right. I think you're hilarious. <laughs> because you're looking at me <laughs> anyway i'm so i'm sorry for the tangent anyway so obviously you know they're, they're just talking about how the misinformation kind of makes people feel like um you know they are emotionally inclined and if it hurts their pride then they have a problem right right it's it's that emotional connection to the information that you have versus right. the cognitive thinking of the information that you have right so in a recent study, Jonas Kaplan uh, of the University of California and his colleagues found that ego representation involves the entire cerebral network, like we said. So they're saying that, like, literally, that's all a part of your brain. Right. Your brain is telling you to think this way. Right. Okay. In a different study, Micah uh, Edelson and his colleagues at the Wiseman Institute in, oh boy, is it Rehovot? 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 No. No? A very beautiful city in Israel. Yes. Let's put it that way. I like that. Demonstrated that increasing activity in a little area known as the anterior lateral prefrontal cortex is necessary for changing one's mind. However, the combined function of the hippocampus and amygdala. Thank you, amygdala, or the centers of emotion and memory, respectively, inhibits this activity. Aha. So you've got one part saying think this way mm-hmm. and the other part's going nah <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> all 
our brains stored memories and um, you know beliefs seem to have the ability to keep us from altering our minds, especially if they are emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And listen, I'm one of the most emotional people you'll ever fucking meet. Yeah. I am. I, I think I wear my heart on my sleeves and it, you can you can just see me when I'm upset and when I'm happy. My face tells everything. Yes, and 99% of the time, he is incredibly happy when we're doing this episode. <laughs> the other 1% is every other day of the life. <laughs> right, right, right. While I'm here. So false notions are maintained by yet another social factor. The increase of individualism and economic progress go hand in hand. Henry Santos from the University of Waterloo in Ontario and his colleagues just shared a link with this, right? Mm-hmm. The researchers use behavioral parameters such as the percentage of persons living alone and ideals related to individual uh, individualism to analyze data from 77 countries during a 51-year period. For example, using data from surveys assessing the importance of independence. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're basically saying if you live by yourself, you may have a different ideology and thinking pattern. Right. Right. Personal expression and the ability to create opinions are highly prized in individualist societies. So, I just want to put a little yeah, go ahead. pin in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. There's a conspiracy theory. Oh, boy. And I, I'm sorry, but I love conspiracy theories because, one, they are nine times out of ten the funniest fucking thing I've ever read online, ever. It's There's a reason they call it a theory. But there is <laughs> always a reason why they call it a theory. Yeah. Why is it when you turn 18, they want to kick you out of the house? Get a job, motherfucker. Because they want you to be an individualist. They want you to be individual. They want you to be by yourself. Independent. So they can influence ideas on you because you don't have another person in your household to tell you that's wrong. Mm. Mm. No. I'm just saying. As a parent, as a parent, to me, it was always, listen, it's your time to fly. Right. Get out there. Do your thing. But, but I also think that's that's always that that has been done for years for generations yes. so that's what we do correct it's like it's you're 18 you get pushed out the nest you're but, 16 you get your license right but has it always been 18 at some point in your life it's like hey you got to fly the cuckoo's nest like fuck are you are you saying like who put the 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 statute on 18 like the age yes the, the defendant i don't know when you're i guess 18 because you're an adult technically right you're considered an adult in the legal aspect right. but you're still a kid those same kids are allowed to sign up and fight in the wars. Yeah. That's a totally different so, tangent, yeah, but it still kind of goes along I, the same lines. I'm just saying those You're those separated kids, from the family. The family's not telling you what to think anymore. And those kids are allowed to vote. God, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, I'm sorry. At 18 years of age. God. If you're not allowed to drink at 18 years old, why are you allowed to vote for the right, country? Exactly. I'm sorry. You should not be. But you also should not be allowed to, to go fight out in wars. Yeah, you, but, I'm sorry. Oh, God. There's another... Uh, but there's a thing... There was a little law that was written in place that was actually... It wasn't written. Sorry. It was it was um, proposed that those who vote for war should fight in said war. That was canceled in 1923. Oh, you're saying like the, those that like propagate the war or whatever, like, if like you the, say the politicians? We should go to war with Germany, Vietnam, China, Russia. You're the one who goes and fights. Could you imagine <laughs> President Trump, former President Trump, mm-hmm. and or current President Biden fighting in a war? <laughs> I just want to put that in your guys' head right now. They just, voted just, for it. Just think about it. Hey, say if, they, if he's like, listen. 
we're going to go out here and we're going to fight the war. And I, listen, listen. To be the best war you ever had. <laughs> listen, I'm the best fighter <laughs> there is. Hands down. Yeah. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Hand me my gun. <laughs> How do you pull the trigger? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these guys have no idea. But yet they're putting people on the front lines, these young kids that come out. Yeah. And like, yeah, they should. They should put them out there and be like, hey, guess what? Let's go even back. Obama, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, fucking Bush, Reagan, <laughs> any of the Bushes, whatever. Yeah. Put them. Any of these fuckers. Put them out there. Like if you're gonna vote for the war, if you're gonna vote for it, let's see what you, you can do, buddy. There is a really good actor, and I love him to death. Now, now, if we went back all the way though, and we talked about like Teddy, yeah, he would fuck some shit up. Teddy would fuck some shit up. Well, George Washington was the first president to actually fight in a war. Yeah, but, and but he was the only president to fight in a war. Well, he was the first president. Correct. So, but I mean, like Teddy would be a badass, though. Uh, Teddy is not someone. Same with Abe Lincoln. Those are two motherfuckers I would not want to. Did get you caught. say Hey Lincoln? I said Hey Lincoln. <laughs> no man. <laughs> I said Hey Lincoln. Anyway, Teddy's my favorite. I don't care. Yeah. You, go ahead. But what were you saying? I don't remember. Yeah, did they couldn't do it? No, they couldn't. We'll just put it that way. Fortunately, they no. couldn't. They couldn't do it. They they could not do it and. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Bastards. So as a result, truth and memory are seen as strictly sacred. Private assets rather than as a shared communal legacy like they were in earlier cultures. Ah. So as their brains are hiding both the evidence that contradicts their convictions and the brain regions that would allow them to change their minds, supporters of Francois Fillon or Donald Trump, and I'm just reading the thing here, folks, may have perceived greater numbers than were actually present. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder why. The social environment then supports their right to uphold their beliefs, a twisted result of what initially seems like a positive urge, namely the desire to create one's own opinion, right? So somebody pops in and you're like, yeah, that's my guy. Man, but he's a real piece of shit. I'll kill you. <laughs> like, do you know him? No. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, calm the fuck down. So individual blindness, however, is not the complete picture. The way that misleading information spreads is another crucial aspect of the post-truth era. The ability to share and distribute makes it possible for any belief to convert into information, especially when the distinction between the two, eh, it's kind of fucked up. It's very, very skewed. Okay, so here is where new technologies in particular, you know, like these social networks, come into play. Facebook's tailored algorithms, according to Walter, oh boy, Katrochi? Katrochi. That's pretty good. Katrochi. Katrochi. Walter Q. <laughs> and his team at the IMT School for Advanced Studies in uh, Lucha, Italy, magnify the confirmation bias. In fact, the use of these algorithms results in the development of isolated polarized groups where the extremes of people's ideals are reinforced. Mm. They're feeding you what they want to feed you. Period. Correct. This shit should be called anti-social networking. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it's. It's. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. When you go on and all of a sudden you, you know, let's just say you liked somebody's, you know, post, and then all of a sudden all you see is more posts about that. Mm-hmm. And more posts about that, mm-hmm. especially during any kind of election campaign, mm. more and more of those keep popping up. Interesting. It's really weird how they do that. Then all of a sudden you start going, well, I wonder if that's true. Huh. And then you look and you read something probably sent there by said 
group, you immediately go, well, it must be right. It must be right. Right? You know, it's kind of interesting that there was actually a study that was actually just proved that search engines, Google, Bing, this new one, I don't even know what the fuck it's called, X-Force or some shit. It's not X-Force, but it sounds like That would be amazing. <laughs> but they all have algorithms. Oh. All of their algorithms weird. are key towards things that you've looked up, talked about, or have seen that you've ah. liked. Would that be this 2017 study? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Okay, so this study demonstrates the extent to which social networks reflect our lack of ancestors' concern for impartiality. <laughs> the University of Pennsylvania examined the brain activity of participants reading New York Times stories using functional MRI, and then they were asked to rate their chance of sharing the articles afterwards. <laughs> the researchers sought to know if this brain activity could predict whether or not information would spread quickly on social media. The researchers came to the conclusion that this was the case by comparing the number of shares that the article actually generated with the individual's MRI scans. Hmm. The ventral striatum, oh boy, or striatum, you people are smarter than I am. Anyway, <laughs> and the ventral medial prefrontal, cor or prefrontal cortex, which make up a, the judgment system, were the key. The more these areas were active while reading, the greater success the piece had on the internet. Motivation and pleasure are regulated by the, the ventral striatum, whereas self-representation and social cognition are handled by the ventral, uh, ventromedial prefrontal cortex. These words. They're, they're all the big ones, yes. So basically, these findings imply that choosing to share an item is motivated by anticipating the responses of others. Hey, will someone pay attention to me? Please! <laughs> <laughs> Someone notice me. <laughs> and by the, the the desire to elevate one's status, you know, being picked up and quote unquote liked. Funny how they have those like buttons on there. So weird. It makes you feel good, doesn't it? It's almost as funny as how YouTube only has a like button. Yeah. It no longer has a dislike button. But oh, did they get rid of that? They did. I didn't know that. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yet it is not reliant on the accuracy of the data. In other words, you can put anything you want on there, and if someone likes it, you feel validated. Yeah. And when I say you, I'm using the formative you, as in the like generic. The people of the universe. Yes, that's why there is a you well, of in the, the world. Because there's world, and we don't really know there's universe. By the way, James Webb kicking up some shit lately. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Anyway, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> don't want to get on that. Anyway, nope. it's a totally different episode. Right. As a result, even erroneous information gets spread like a disease. Circumstances uh, appear to be right for a threshold effect. As the truth becomes submerged in a sea of lies and whims, it loses its ability to prescribe a course of action. Observers are baffled by this situation because it's unprecedented. Without understanding the distinction between objective reality and human opinion, how can we combat this quote-unquote post-truth? All I have to say is... If there is a large company who owns a large media platform hmm. that owns several yeah. other large media platforms, mm -hmm. and they all say the same exact thing, even though it's not right, it makes you think that it's right because 10 people said it's right, but one person said it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So what is true? What's not? As I mean, I mean, they're all right, right? Yeah. yeah. Every, everybody's right. <laughs> everybody's right. And nobody's opinions are wrong. No. It's fine. And listen, you can have a fucking opinion. Uh, uh, Everyone's entitled to it. Fucking, you can have your opinion. But yes. when you when you bring that opinion up, you just talk 
talk sincerely and with facts. Dude, my opinion that is changes it. on everything every day. All the time. Every day. It changes constantly. Yep. Because more facts are brought to the table Always. that I didn't know prior to that. Always. And you you can base a, an opinion on something. Yeah. And the more you read it, you're like, wait. <laughs> Dude, wait a minute. Have I been wrong this whole time? There's been And that hurts. That hurts your ego. It does. It, 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 does. it makes you think I like, like, like I, I just I literally just talked to somebody about this. I said this because this is something I believed, and now this is coming back and telling me that I'm the information wrong. I had, not not so much that I'm wrong, but, but the information, the information I, had I had was wrong. Was wrong. Right. Therefore, I, I feel bad now. I yeah. I feel like you know what I mean. Your, your pride is hurt. Correct. Your pride is hurt. And there's a hard line differentiating between our pride and our actual being being hurt in that fact. As Marsalis Wallace once said it, <laughs> pride never hurts. Or no, no, pride never helps. It only hurts. Okay, that's it. Marcellus Wallace said that. Saying. Just saying. So if you guys aren't down with Marcellus Wallace, but it's Pulp Fiction, just so you guys know. You know that thing inside your head right now? That's pride. Pride never helps. It only hurts. And it's the truth. Your pride gets in the way. Now, it will make you do things and become like, you could become a just a, a diabolical person. Mm-hmm. And like diabolical, and like, I don't mean that in a negative sense. That's probably not the right word. But like, you could do things because of your pride. Right. Your pride's like, well, guess what? Now I'm going to do this. Dun, 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 the best revenge is success. <laughs> and you grab that bull by the horns and you just fuck it. <laughs> right? <laughs> but pride can also make you completely deteriorate any relationships with people because you cannot admit that you are wrong. Correct. That what you know is wrong. I am the first person to be like, oh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I'm sorry I said that. You know, I mean, we have this show, and I don't know how many times I, you know, I'll go on and I'll be like, hey, I'm sorry. That's I that the information that we got was wrong. That's that it was wrong. Yeah, and that's fine. Or we didn't have enough of information to go off of, and we went off of what we thought. And that is why, dear Moody, if you're listening right now, mm-hmm. Sir Big Beard of Big Beards, my Viking friend. God, he's awesome with the Vikingness. He came up with the slogan. Blame the internet. 110%. Because it's the truth. Like, sometimes you just can't tell. That's why you have to do... And you go through so much. You can only go through so much information. You know, because mm-hmm. there's so much misinformation Correct. and disinformation out there that you just... It's so hard to find out what the truth is. So you try to go by, okay, then who's saying this? Right. You know? So you try to you you try as hard as you can, but your pride will... You got to put that shit aside. Yeah. Pride's an emotional thing, man. Like, put that shit aside and... It's okay to tuck your tail between your legs every now and then and just be like, I'm sorry. Got to do what you, you know to do. You know what? If people in this world... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yep, here we go. If we as a human society could put that fucking pride thing away and stop thinking emotionally and be able to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. 99% of the bullshit that's happening in this fucking world wouldn't be happening. I don't feel like if if that were the case, I don't feel like we would have 217 countries in this world. I feel like we would be unified as one people. We are the world. Uh, we are the children. You know the song. Come on. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. Sorry. You're way too young for that, are you? I know the song. I don't yeah. know who sings it, but I know So the back song. in the day, they had like all like the big artists in the world do yeah. a song called we are the world oh, okay. they're trying to unify everybody yeah you know of course well making money off of it but of course <laughs> that's the one thing that unifies all of us yeah 
Anyway, moving on. So thankfully, solutions are available with all this post-truth fucking misinformation bullshit because there has never been more research and fact-checking, okay? But however, I do feel like some of the fact-checking is fucking bullshit too. Oh, even 1984, the, the book, I guess, uh, uh, by George Orwell, a pioneer in the criticism of deception, is selling in record numbers. And the reason why it's selling in record numbers is because it's being brought up 24 fucking seven in social media. Right. Cause that's the big thing now it's, it's banned in a lot of libraries around the country in, yep. in the U S right now. I'm yep. sure probably around the world. So unfortunately post-truth has strong defenses against it. So even if corrective updates are factually accurate, their dissemination frequently promotes erroneous information because it is in, it is then repeated and spread. So in other words, Hey, we're going to, if somebody posts something and then they immediately get rid of it, but yet somebody shared it, guess what? Now it's out there. And then they tell two friends and then they tell two friends, just like you guys should be doing with this fucking podcast because I'm on one tonight. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great one though. Yes. I'm all, I'm fucking on one. I knew I was going to get, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. (sighs) It's okay. It's okay. Because truthfully, you have options in this world. You have the option to listen to this podcast or you have the option to turn it off. Mm-hmm. You also have the option to get on social media and blast how bad we are and how much we talk shit and whatever. You also have the option to not fucking do that. <laughs> okay? You do. You have options. Yes. However, if anybody were to potentially do that, mm-hmm. just remember, I'm coming for you. And also remember, I'm just saying, and I don't mean that in like a negative, like, ah, whatever. I'm just saying like, just I'm armed. Mm-hmm. I am with knowledge. Yes. And as much as I may like fuck words up or whatever, but I will never disparage anybody. But if you try to disparage me or you or anyone else, guess what? It's on like Donkey Kong, son. It's on like Donkey Kong. And slap your grandma. Honky <laughs> tong. So don't. So what they're saying here is, is that unfortunately it's very hard to eliminate everything. Okay. Another issue is that official sources tend to inspire some level of skepticism. Okay. Of course they go to NASA, NASA NASA.com, NASA. It's a a great website. It's a phenomenal website. People go there all the time. They're like, (gasps) NASA's lying to us all the time. We never landed on the moon. We never went to the moon. We didn't actually. The world is flat. It is. Right. I mean, I can walk from here to the other side of the, the, the continent and it's the exact same plane. And, and the James Webb, that's not a real thing. Wait, who's James Webb? Who is James Webb, by the way? <laughs> like, where'd they get the name for it? Is that the, the guy who made the dictionary? Like a dictionary? That's Webster. Yeah. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's misinformation. That would be misinformation. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, of course, you know, hence uh, the, the vaccination programs often serve to increase the hatred of those who reject vaccinations, right? Okay. Um, which is precisely the group whose behavior needs to be altered, you, you know, the, the boomerang factor, whatever. Right. So, they believe that their beliefs are under threat, one of which is that uh, is it's unnamed, you know, the they or whatever, is trying to silence them in whatever way possible. So, they right. feel that... Because they have this misinformation, but their misinformation is the right information that they go in and everything they see, they don't even take it to in consideration. They immediately believe that that is just them trying to silence them and their opinions. Correct. 
And that, that happens with everything everywhere. Whether Every, you're always. right or wrong, right. there is always some way, shape, or form that, that another quote-unquote they is going to try and silence you from spreading whatever it is you think you are trying to spread, whether it's good or bad. Right. doesn't matter what it is you believe in. It happens on both sides of the spectrum. How many times have you heard, oh, they're just trying to stop us. Oh, that's them just trying to, oh, yeah, they're listening. Right. What the fuck is they? Right. <laughs> is they the government? Right. Because, okay, then say the government. Then. Right. That's Big Brother. Yeah. They, Men in Black. The Men in Black are pretty cool. Here come the Men in Black. Galaxy Defender. Sorry, I'm on. Sorry. Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking wired up. It's been a minute, so... <laughs> So now, even worse, a recent study demonstrates that even if we are successful in eradicating incorrect ideas, this does not ensure that our behavior will improve. So now, before Trump was elected, okay, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, a very prestigious school, very prestigious, researcher uh, Bryony Swire and her team conducted interviews with candidates of all political persuasions. They were tasked with rating how accurate or incorrect the billionaire's claims were. It should come as no surprise that Trump's fans were more likely to accept him. Right. The participants lowered their conviction to in the lies after hearing corrections for uh, objectivity erroneous uh, assertions. Okay. Regardless of whether the exp- explanation came from a pro or anti-Trump expert, but they did not alter their voting preference. In other words, they believe what they believe, and it doesn't matter if somebody else who was a pro-Trump mm-hmm. said, "No, actually, this is whatever." They're like, "No, no." They are devout. It, it is like you said this earlier with the Browns. It's it's very much sports. Yeah, you you find this yeah. this niche that you hold on to with your emotions, right, and not your cognitive thinking. And I love my friend Bill Birch. I love him to death. But you got to do it now. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I love him to death. But he is a devout, tr- tried and true Browns fan. Yeah try like it does not and man that dude i've seen him he's the sweetest guy in the world and i've seen him pissed off mm-hmm. beyond all pissivity over the browns it's that's such a sad thing because i don't ever want to see bill upset. well no it, i don't want to see him upset either i mean he's a great person but it's that conviction yeah and now a sports team having a conviction versus politics or, or whatever else it is it can lead to bad things is what this story is talking about 100 percent. this okay. entire article is talking about the fact that your emotional conviction towards something over trumps the actual <laughs> in- <laughs> sorry it actually over conveys your legitimate con- uh, cognitive thinking the actual information that's put in front of you like unfortunately your emotions are superseding your 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 actual thought process correct yeah so when you find yourself getting upset about something like that, you should literally just go, wait a minute. Is this my brain? Is this the war? And so I told you, mm-hmm. your heart against your head. So the title of the actual article that we got this information from is from Scientific America, but it's called The Dark Side of the Brain, semicolon, your brain loves misinformation. Yeah. Because it does. If you are emotionally sucked into something, you are going to believe that wholeheartedly before true information over your emotions, unfortunately. Like, that's just unfortunately how your brain works. So, in summary, the evidence points to the fact that we anticipate being misled and that, for most of us, it is either normal or barely noticeable. Mm-hmm. Quote, something other than the reality uh, of, you know, statements from somebody accounted for his achievement. I'm assuming they're referencing the article itself. Yeah. yeah. 
The writers wrote in their conclusion, the basic tenets of their theory advanced by psychologist Leon Festinger in the mid-1950s state that being directly contradicted by the fact should, in theory, produce a form of dissonance, an uncomfortable cognitive state that must be resolved one way or another, or at the very least by admitting bad faith. Again, saying you're wrong. Right. Post-truth may be eliminating cognitive dissonance, which at least had the advantage of signaling some form of incoherence. This, too, may be a novel phenomenon deserving of investigation. So now how do we fucking fight this shit? Right. How do we fight misinformation? How do we fight this? Well, it goes without saying that tried and true methods are of the utmost importance to reinstate truth in all situations, to build trust by being rigorous and unbiased. Unbiased and to instruct students in critical thinking, cognitive thinking. But perhaps the truth isn't strong enough, <clears throat> excuse me, to prevail in this conflict on its own. It might also be worthwhile to defend fiction by pointing out its unique qualities. After all, the term post-truth could just as easily refer to a world that is post-fictional. The lines are, you know, pretty skewed here. And you know, after all, Trump supported reality television the genre that popularized the notion that one could film ordinary daily life and live in a fantasy tale. Professor of Comparative Literature at the New Sorbonne, Sorbonne University in Paris. <laughs> Again, we are back. Cigarette. Okay. <laughs> Francois Lavocat urges the restoration of a defined line between fact and fiction in this situation. We humans, us people, have a special affinity for Tales, we always have. Throughout, a tale as old as time. I don't know the rest of it, sorry. That much is beyond question, yet it simply makes the decision to stand up for facts and the truth more urgent. We, according to this article, are at a turning point, and I have to agree, making the best of our unique capacity to create fantastical worlds and learning to enjoy them without mistaking them with reality may never have been more crucial. When you're looking online and you're looking at these things, that may not always be reality. And we have to be able to distinguish the difference. So after all that nonsense, how about we uh, look into the brighter side of our, our brains? What do you think? Because that's, that's that was definitely a rabbit hole. That definitely was. And it gets even worse. Yeah, buddy. Because I have a awesome topic we're about to talk about for the next few minutes. Oh, so even the infallible is something that scientists try to quantify. So the search of meaning in life has recently taken a physical turn as Yale and Columbia University researchers identified the area of the brain responsible for processing spiritual experiences. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Neuroscientists describe how they created, quote, personally relevant spiritual experiences in a variety of participants and monitored their brain activity while these experiences were occurring in a new study, which was published in uh, Cerebral Cortex. <laughs> is that a... Is that a it's a paywall. Okay. I, I couldn't get any more information on it. <laughs> Damn it. So you had to pay to get into it? Yeah. See if, if we had more Patreon. <laughs> we'll get more information. We'll get there. We'll get there. This was on May 29th. The findings suggest that spirituality has a, quote, neurobiological home. A specific area of the brain seems to light up when we experience a sense of connection with something bigger than oneself, whether transcendence includes contact with God, nature, or mankind. So instead of having a cultural foundation, the study contends that spirituality has a universal cognitive basis. 
Researchers believe that this new finding could eventually lead to better mental health care. Hmm. That sounds great. It does. I would love for everyone to have that because, unfortunately, our country doesn't do too well on that. Unfortunately. But that's okay. Unfortunately. It's not okay. Actually, it's not. No, it's really not. And we have to do better. If we were billionaires, it'd be a different story. Do better, Mark. So prior research has looked at the brain activity of individuals who are already spiritually inclined and knowledgeable about the process of generating transcendent states, such as Buddhist monks or Catholic nuns. Hmm. Right? They know what's up. You know what I mean? At least for, you know, their faith. Yeah. They seem they, they probably know a lot about what they're, you know what I mean? Yet this study looked at participants from various backgrounds with variable uh, levels of re- <laughs> religi- religiosity. 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 Such a weird word. Religiosity. <laughs> Say it again. That's our new podcast. <laughs> Welcome to religiosity. <laughs> but we don't talk about religion at all. <laughs> and a very different personal definitions of what a uh, spiritual encounter is. Okay. The study notes that whereas studies have connected particular brain measurements to characteristics of spirituality, none have attempted to investigate spiritual experiences in depth. Okay. Especially when employing a more expansive contemporary definition of spirituality that may be distinct from religiousness. Mm. Religiousness versus religious, religious, religiosity, religiosity. That's yeah, different. Just sounds like a, a boys to men album. I don't know. You ever seen the movie, the interview? Uh, oh, yes. We are same, same, but different. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it as much as you have. Jesus. <laughs> the best part is I, I hate Seth Rogen, but I love that. Movie yeah. <laughs> So it has been challenging to evaluate the broad impacts of spirituality as opposed to religion because there are many distinct sorts of transcendent moments with various degrees of meaning to different people. To place each person in a relevant transcendence condition for this investigation, the researchers created unique scripts. Hmm. Okay? Okay. The researchers developed a personalized script for each of the 27 subjects, all healthy young adults based on their self-reported past spiritual experiences. The brain activity of the patients was then scanned by the researchers as they were producing the state. Okay? So, basically, if you were a Christian, they would, like, show you Christian stuff. And right. Buddhist and, you know what I'm saying. Yep. And, or, or at least as you're talking about this experience you had. Correct. Okay? The, oh boy, parietal, parietal, this is that damn word. Parietal. Pariah. I'm no pariah. <laughs> the per, per fucking I can't do it. The parietal complex. That's what I said. Yeah, it is cortex, which is known to affect attention among others, uh, other things, and processes uh, and uh, processes actual sensations, language, and spatial orientation. Showed identical activity patterns in all subjects during their various transcendent states. Okay, hmm. so transcendent as in like they're they're discussing and they're going into this whole thing. That they remember, and it's like yeah, kind of like Doctor Strange pushing Spider Man, and Spider Man still having his spider reflexes. Yes, exactly like that. Yes, 100%. I don't know about exactly, but it's close <laughs> enough. In other words, the brain seems to be affected in the same way. Whether the experience that makes a uh, a person feel linked to something higher involves a church, trees, or a stadium packed with sports fans. Okay, mm. so researchers claim that the impact on the brain differs from that of other relaxing techniques 
According to the study, quote, we found reduced activity in the left inferior parietal. I said that. Parietal lobule. I can see everything. Why does that word hate me? Damn it. Or, Or the IPL in the spiritual condition as compared to the neutral relaxing condition. A finding that suggests that the IPL, okay, may contribute significantly to perceptual processing and self uh, other representations during spiritual experience. Okay. Fair enough. You want to define that a little bit further? Basically, what that's saying is that fuck you and fuck everything else that you've ever done in your entire life. No. <laughs> um, basically, what they're saying is that um, according to the, obviously the study that they felt like the um, particular portion of the brain that connects themselves to a spiritual connection, um, it suggests that there might be other things that actually introduce themselves to that spiritual function, not just that one portion of the brain, whether it's, you know, past experiences or how you, you know, raise and shit like that as well too, that incorporate why you think that way in that particular portion of your brain. You got that folks? Nope. (laughs) I said it. I don't even understand it. So these alterations in the brain may contribute to the explanation of why the wall separating the self from others might become thinner or even disappear entirely during spiritual experiences. Oh boy. Yes. Although, you know, we require some distance between ourselves and others for security and to manage reality, occasionally eliminating the wall can be beneficial. You know, that little line between each. Professor of psychiatry and neuroscience at Yale, Mark Potenza, Describes spiritual experiences as, quote, robust robust states that may have substantial implications on people's lives. In a statement about the research, studying the neurological underpinnings of spiritual experiences may aid in our comprehension of their functions in resiliency and recover from uh, addiction and mental health illness. Mm. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty big. According to the study, spiritual experience or experiences, excuse me, involve, quote, profound alterations in perception that buffer the impacts of stress. The results imply that transcendence isn't dependent on religion and that anyone can have those experiences. Okay, so you don't have to be religious. No. To have those types of awakenings, I guess you'd say. Correct. That makes it simpler for scientists to research spiritual experiences and determine how to harness such states for enhanced mental health. The scientists intend to test a larger group of individuals of uh, various ages in the future. So science investigates spirituality in addition to mental health since the search for meaning in life, which is a big thing for a lot of people. It's timeless and a common phenomenon. Like I said, everybody's like, oh, what's the meaning of life? What is it? It's whatever fucking makes you happy. That's the meaning of life. Okay, it really is. Be happy. Go after it. You know what I mean? Seriously. People can live emotionally fuller lives and grow more open minds, according to scientists, by nurturing spiritual experiences in addition to developing their intellectual skills. The director of Case Western Reserve, uh, their university's brain, mind, and consciousness lab, that's right here in Cleveland, Ohio, baby. Oh, woo, woo. I got to yeah. get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got loud. <laughs> So this guy, Tony Jack, who was not engaged in the study, <laughs> then why is he even talking? Anyway, <laughs> explained to WKSU that spiritual empath- uh, em- em- empathic thinking and analytical thinking depend on various cerebral pathways and processes. Like breathing in and out, they, don't, they do not occur simultaneously in the brain, yet both modes are very important. He explains that while you cannot do both at once, you must do both in order to maintain good health. 
Okay. Big thing to think about. But now, I love you, Dad. That's all I got to say. Uh-oh. This is going to be a good one. Oh, boy. Here it goes. This is going to be great. All right. So how about one last crazy concept on this extremely long episode before we got, you know, we let you go and discuss amongst yourselves about the brain and whether or not your brain's working correctly or whether or not you're a psychopath. It could be any one I of mean, us. You, it, it, it is true. You could be. You could be. So right around 2018, neuroscientists uh, viewed the structure of our brains in a completely new way by utilizing a traditional branch of mathematics. And that sucks because immediately I'm like, fuck. (laughs) They found that the brain contains a large number of multidimensional geometrical structures that can operate in up to 11 dimensions. Oh boy. The findings of the study could represent the next significant step in comprehending the structure of the human brain, the most complex structure we are aware of. And yes, your brain is so complex that they don't even know why we sleep. I've, I've said this before. Yeah. We, the, the scientists, people of this world who were way smarter, well, not about way smarter, but at least smarter than us because they pay attention, <laughs> but they don't even know why you sleep. No. There, there's so many things about our brain. If you look at our brain and the synapses and everything else, and then you look at the galaxy and the way they look and the way the Milky Ways and stuff work, and then our insides of our... It's nuts. It's nuts. We're one of very few animals on this planet who actually know that we're an animal on this planet. 98% yeah, we, we of know. the animals yeah. on this planet just do what they need to do to survive. We don't do what we need to do to survive. We have... What, what is it? It's not self-recognition. What is that called? It's called, it's self, self-awareness. self That's yes. it. Self-awareness. Yes. yes. We are self-aware until AI does that. And then guess what? Dun, 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 dun. So the sad part is dun, 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 dun. AI already, dun, dun, dun. already knows it's self-aware. No, no, no. That's bad. It knows it's self-aware. With Sarkana, get now, do it. This is all bad. Do you understand? Listen, if time travel were, were real, Stephen Hawking would have had more than himself show up at his party for time travelers. So. Oh, my God. It's such a great story. It's such a good story. I'm pretty sure we've talked about that before. Yeah, we did. With we the time travel it, yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he like he like sent out a bunch of stuff for a future date. Yep. <laughs> and then nobody, nobody showed up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stephen Hawking, you're amazing. Love. It. I would have loved to have hung out with that dude. Same. Swear to God. Oh, my God. So, Okay. Follow us on this, all right? They found that the brain contains a large number of multidimensional geometric structures, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The findings of the study could represent the next significant step in comprehending the structure of the human brain. Right, as we said, because it's complex. This may sound challenging because we are accustomed to thinking of the world from only a three-dimensional perspective. I mean, and if you guys have pot on you, right now is the time to hit that shit. Fuck yes, dude. A group of scientists from the Blue Brain Project, sounds weird, (laughs) a Swiss research endeavor focused on developing a supercomputer powered uh, recreation of the human brain, a recreation, recreation, a recreation. So they want to make a superhuman or supercomputer that's a recreation, recreation of the brain, which in that in and of itself is scary as it already is because our brain is one scary motherfucker. So they created this model, Mm -hmm. right? In order to define the characteristics of objects and spaces, regardless of how they change shape, the team turned to algebraic topology. Immediately, I'm out. <laughs> used math to make a map, basically. Of Wouldn't that be topography? It's topology. Topology is the study of... Topography. Topography, basically. Hate, topography hate, is the making of... I fucking hate that. 
the the stop making up words to discuss another word that you already made up. What are you talking about, man? The podcast are for. <laughs> <laughs> they discovered that clusters of neurons from clicks, and uh, you know, y- y'all had a click when you're in high school, okay, right? Man. You know, I was my own click, and I was part of every click. I was just, I was just a nerd. Yeah, no, I wasn't just a nerd. Not like a nerd. I didn't get beat up or anything like no, that. But like, but I was the dude that was, like, hanging out with the guys talking about comic books and shit. See, I was a guy right? that was playing a dude, dressed up as a dude, disguised as another dude. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, it's on a size uh, of a click that as a high-dimensional geo, a geometric object depended on the number of neurons in the click, okay? Or a mathematical dimensional concept, not a space time one so this is all based on numbers and y'all know how well i do with that that's why i said you're gonna love this episode, this part <sighs> leading researcher and neuroscientist henry markram markram from the epfl institute in switzerland said quote we found a world that we had never envi- envis- envisaged you had to say that word did you <laughs> come on mark you're, or henry whatever your name is quote even in a tiny portion of the brain, there are tens of millions of these objects spanning up to seven dimensions. We even discovered structures in certain networks that have had up to 11 dimensions. <laughs> what? Is he high? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> to be clear, this is not how you would imagine spatial dimensions. You know, our universe has three spatial dimensions plus one time dimension, according to smart guys, right? Mm-hmm. Rather, it relates to how the researchers examine the neuron clicks to ascertain how related they are. Quote, clicks or sets of connected nodes in a group are frequently used to analyze networks. A click size, or more precisely, its dimension, is determined by the number of neurons within it. Okay, so this is what the study's author is saying right now. Right. Okay. Are you, are, are you getting this right now? Oh, yeah. I fucking wrote this shit, dude. Okay, explain to me. Basically, what this thing is, if you read more, you're going to find out more information about the topic. I don't want to give away too many spoilers. According to estimates, <laughs> human brains contain an astounding 86 billion neurons. That's wild. That's wild. With many connections extending from each cell in all directions to create the huge cellular network that inexplicably enables c- cognition and consciousness. Right. The reason we are here, the reason we are self-aware... Because of all our neurons, right? We do have more neuron firings in our brain than any other animal on this planet. So with so many connections to consider, it's understandable that we still don't fully comprehend how the brain's neural network functions. And we don't. Nope. But this team's mathematical foundation brings us a little bit closer to establishing a digital brain model in the future. Or does it? (laughs) I don't know. You wrote this. I have no idea. (laughs) So the team used a precise model of the neocortex that the Blue Brain Project team published back in 2015 to carry out the mathematical experiments. I don't have this in here because, unfortunately, there are too many numbers and too many big words that I don't care to know. All I know is they published something that seems like it could actually reference what they're talking about. So we proceed. Okay, so the area of our brains known as the neocortex, which is assumed to have undergone the most recent evolution, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool, is responsible for some of our higher order mental processes like cognition and sensory processing. Yes. Okay. After creating their mathematical model and putting it to the test with some virtual stimuli, the team further verified their findings using actual rat brain tissue. So they used actual rats to further their 
ideology behind this. Do you ever feel bad for rats? I, I feel bad for any animal. Yeah, That's why, I, like, whenever I, like I go to that. buy a product, yeah. as long as it says no animal testing on it, I kind of feel better about myself by yeah. buying that. So you have, like, nice lipstick is what you're saying. I do, actually. That's good. I'm, I'm wearing uh, Blue Dye number 74. <laughs> do, you, do you see it? It's good. It's, it's, very, good. it's very nice. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so algebraic topology, according to the researchers, offers mathematical tools for determining spe- uh, specifics of the neural network, both in close-up view at the level of individual neurons and on a larger scale, a larger scale, excuse me, of the brain structure as a whole. Okay. The researchers were able to distinguish high dimensional geometric structures in the brain that are made up of clusters of neurons that are closely spaced apart. Those are the clicks we were right. talking about. And the empty spaces or cavities between them. So it's neural clusters. So it's neural clusters, but they're able to mathematically figure out why certain clusters are formed to be the way they are. And it's because they actually formulate themselves into a potential different dimension than the three three dimensional figure that we look upon on a daily basis. So if you guys want to know what it, like a neural cluster is, you can obviously Google it, but you can also just kind of Google um, galaxies mm-hmm. and stuff like that because it, it's pretty much the exact same it's thing. It's pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. Our brains on a mathematical scale are 99% resemblant of how galaxies are formed, how star clusters are formed, how all that stuff is formed. Like literally, like if you look at like train or uh, not train, uh, tree roots and stuff like that, like they look just like our brain and how the neural clusters and all the electrical firing and stuff like that in our brain work. Like they all are pretty much of the same exact design. And this is why I've said for all of you beautiful people out there that this world, this universe that we live in, this galaxy, we're living inside somebody's brain. A hundred percent. And this gives more insight on that. We, 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 for real. Like, I, that's, I, I'm starting, and a dude, I, it's weird, but I'm starting to believe more and more that we are inside somebody's brain right now. And for all we know, we, we, we could be a dream of somebody else in a different dimension right now. God, scary, isn't it? Because <laughs> this is this is the dream that they're having. What is wrong with them? I just scared myself. <laughs> I think I pooped a little. So one of the team members, math, uh, mathematician Catherine Hess from EPFL, noted that algebraic topology is like a telescope and a microscope combined. Which I don't. Okay. Um, how do you do that? Just read. Okay. <laughs> it is able to zoom into networks to uh, di- uh, to detect 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 hidden structures, forest trees, and vacant regions like clearings all at once. Okay, so it can zoom in. Right. It can okay. zoom in, but it can expand upon what it's zooming in on. Okay. So these openings or holes appear to play a crucial role in brain activity. Researchers um, they observed neurons responding to stimuli in a highly organized manner in their computerized brain tissue. According to one of the team members, mathematician Ran Levi or Levy from Aberdeen University in Scotland. Oh, quote. <laughs> do I say it like he does? Do it. Okay. It's as if the brain reacts to a stimulus by building and then raising a tower of multidimensional blocks, starting with rods, then planks, then cubes, and then more complex geometries with 4D, 5D, etc. That's what he said. That's like what he said. That's what he said. Exactly. Like that. So, again, going back, he says as it's as if the brain reacts to a stimulus by building, then raising a tower of multidimensional blocks. 
And then he starts talking about the rods, which is 1D, 2D, 3D, all the way up. The evolution of activity in the brain is likened to a multi-dimensional sandcastle that emerges from the sand before crumbling. I'm just trying to think about that. You guys got that? The researchers note that while these results offer a tantalizing new picture of how the brain processes information, it is still unclear, unclear, what causes these clicks and cavities to emerge in such highly particular ways. So basically what it's saying is that like when you're when you're building a sandcastle, you have multiple parts. You don't necessarily just form a sandcastle all on its own. You are taking with your bucket and making certain portions of your sandcastle and having it all combined together. And then once it's made, it looks like a sandcastle. Now, in saying that, when it comes to these particular clicks and cavities that emerge in highly particular ways, it's the same thing as, what, five, ten years ago that we thought the atom was the smallest particle of our society. Now that we're talking about bosons and all the other shit, there's even tinier things that make up the smaller portion of it. Within ten years from now, what makes up a boson? You know what I mean? There is going to be a smaller part that makes up the next biggest part that we think is the smallest part of our universe. It's yeah. the same thing. We're going to keep finding smaller and smaller and smaller things. And Correct. Like, it's never ending. Correct. As technology progresses, yeah. we don't know what's on the other end of that. It's just like what they're finding in space right now. Like right. We're going further and further out, and we're finding further and further things that are crazy. Which, by the way, side note, mm-hmm. did you see about the star that was being engulfed by a black hole, but it, it escaped? I didn't see about the one that escaped. Yeah, you got to look look it up. It's crazy. They actually have like some sort of, they have, well, when we say footage, you know, it's footage that like, you know, it's over time or whatever. So yeah. it's time lapsed. So this uh, star was being engulfed by a black hole mm-hmm. and somehow it like reversed its, its, uh, um, its, its pool and actually got out of the hole. What? Yeah. That's Wild, cr- right? That is crazy. That right there. Along with everything else that's happening right now, changes everything. Yeah. Changes absolutely everything. So, anyway, look into that. (laughs) So, also, more research will be required to ascertain the relationship between the intricacy of different cognitive tasks and the complexity of these multidimensional geometric forms created by our neurons. So, these 80 billion things popping off inside of us. Yet, we won't be hearing about the insights. Um, Algebraic topology... Can't oh, uh, it? Wait, what? <laughs> we won't be hearing about the. Uh, but oh, so what we're not hearing about it. Correct. Okay. Can provide us with regarding the 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 most enigmatic of human organs. Uh, obviously, our brain. Right. Right. Frontiers. Uh, oh, the, that's just what you have right there. Yeah. Okay. So they have the study on that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They're doing more information on the frontiers of computational neuroscience. They they have more information on the study. Of- so that's where you found this article. Yeah. Okay. This is an actual like research paper that I so read. So the upon. frontiers of computational neuroscience. Yes. <sighs> Dude, and that was in 2018. We're four years later. Like, can you imagine what's going to come out in the next year or so? So, wait, for five years. We're not 2022 anymore. We're 2023. <laughs> so, we just discussed the brain. Holy shit. And this is part two. Mm-hmm. And my brain hurts from all of this. My brain does not hurt. You know why? Jen. Chin is amazing. <laughs> but holy crap. So listen, we're not going to be doing a movie segment, okay, for this. Just because this has been so huge. We have literally discussed the the brain and all of these different amalgamations of what they decided to do and try to figure out how the brain works. And they still don't know. Nope. They have no idea. They're working on it. Yes. I don't want them to create a supercomputer super at all. I, 
I kind of do. Skynet, eh. Skynet seems like a eh. fun time. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. I, I'm just saying right now. Get to the chopper. Do it. Do it now. Come with me if you want to live. That's a totally different movie, but it's okay. Because <laughs> it works because the same band. But, the he same says, thing. but he says, come with me if you want to live. It's <laughs> Arcana. Do it. So yeah, that is The Brain. And this would be the end of part two. And damn, has it been a good episode. It has been wild. Sorry for the tangents in uh, part one and or part two. I am not sorry at all. This has been a, uh, it's been a fun episode. And uh, just learning about this, because again, you know, we talk about unsolved things. Well, guess what? That thing inside your nugget right now, that's unsolved. 110% unsolved. It's unsolved. We don't know very much about it. No, we really don't. We know the basic functions of what it does, but even then we still are finding out every single day that something that we thought was basic is actually more advanced than we really thought. And that's called adapting. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's it. That is your part two of the brain. And yeah, I know you guys are probably crying right now because there's no movies or whatever. But, you know, we can talk about a movie real fast. We could. What movie do you want to talk about? Have you ever seen The Brain? The Brain, Brain, Brain. You've never seen it. You've never seen it. With Pinky and the Brain? Or The Man with Two Brains? You ever seen that? There's a movie called The Man with Two Brains? Yeah, Steve Martin. The one with... Wait, what? Yeah. Steve Martin did that? Yeah, Steve Martin. Yeah. No way. Man with two brains. It's amazing. Is it like a satire? Uh, no. It, uh, of what? Uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Because <laughs> no. like Steve Martin only does like kind it's, of it's funny a movies. Man that has yeah, it's it's funny. So Great. is it like based off of the? It's late 70s, early 80s. I'm gonna say. God, I forget that Steve Martin's that old. Yeah, he's old. That's but he's so amazing. Sad. He's amazing. I love it's him. not sad. He is he's old. Us, he's given us so much amazement. Yes. So cheap by the dozen, the man, all that stuff. Yeah, the man with two brains. Is that where you go? You are young. I oh am man, really young. Yeah, the jerk. Have you ever seen the jerk? No. What? Is that like a sexual thing? <sighs> no, it's a movie. <laughs> is it like a dance? Nope. You never. Uh, never does, he, does he dance in that? Does he? Does he do the jerk in that? Do the jerk, 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 jerk. I don't. You just made that up. No, that's a legitimate yeah, song that came out like 2012. I don't think that's a song. That was in my prom. Was it really? Yeah, legit. Yeah. What fucking school did you go to, man? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's the brain. It's nuts. Um, please take care of it. Please. Please use that thing more than you use that beautiful thing that's pumping the blood through your chest. Use your brain for more than just growing hair. Yeah, that thing in your chest, as much as it, it, it is amazing, but it can get you into trouble. Your brain, and hopefully, gets you out of stuff. Hopefully. Unless you have, you know, some things, and then, you know, you see someone. Less gray matter. Like betterhelp.com, that'll help you, you know. WMD. Yeah, anything. No, don't do that. No, no, no. Because <laughs> don't all ever, the, ever, ever do that. All the time, you're going to die in some No, days. yeah, don't do that. Dude, WMD is what the ring movie was to the first people who saw the ring. Yeah, don't do that. Don't. You're just going to upset yourself. You're going to die in seven <laughs> <And days>. it, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happens with, you're going to die. Oh, I have a stomach. You're going to die in seven days. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. But if you need help, reach out. You Please. know, you can find local help, whatever it is. If you have mental issues and stuff, listen, I have mental issues. We get it. And obviously, I'm not like schizophrenic, at least as far as I know. But I do have mental issues, and I, I deal with them, and I see someone, I talk to someone, and you should too. So make sure you do that, and I love you guys so much. And if you're listening right now, if we're still wiggling around in that little ear hole of yours, 
um, you're, you're amazing. And that thing on your shoulders is amazing too. And I hope you appreciate it and you take care of it. All right? Read books. Do puzzles. Keep your brain active. Play video games. Play video games. Absolutely. Please. Keep your keep your brain active because it's the that's the best way to fight off a lot of these debilitating, you know, um They actually did a ailments. research on that the best not necessarily cure, but the best way to fight off like Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff like that is to play mind physically debilitating games. Things that make you use and, and exercise just, your brain. Just more. think. Just think. Make your brain work. That's it. That's yeah. how you do it. You, you don't sit there and watch TV. Please. Don't sit there and I mean, you should sit there and listen to a podcast because hopefully we're making your brain work. Yes, because like right now, right, right now, I'm going to get in your ear hole right now. Do you hear this? Do it, yeah, yeah. Do you hear that? I want you to know that you are amazing. Mm-hmm. That brain is amazing, and don't let other people tell you it's not. But again, play games, read books. Yes. Do something. You know what I mean? Do something. Keep keep that keep that thing active. I am not a very religious person, but there are very few things from different religions that I take from, 110%. And one of the biggest things is complacency is the devil's playground. Absolutely. A dull mind is the devil's playground. And it's, that's just, you know, just... I just mean, go out there and do things that exercise your brain. Your brain is not necessarily a muscle, but it should be treated as a muscle. Well, I mean... It really should. Yeah. Yeah, you have to exercise it. You do. Yes, you have and to, you have to like in everybody that's listening to this. You are smart because you've chosen to listen to this podcast, especially Correct. to this point. hundred <laughs> percent. This is a first uh, one of the one of the part twoers that we've done before. Yeah. So, so this is it's been crazy, but uh, you guys are amazing, and you need to know that you're amazing, and that, yes. that that brain is a very sensitive thing. So take care of it. My grandmother. Um, your great grandmother, she passed away with Alzheimer's and was one of the hardest things to watch. Yeah. So to me doing research, working on things to make my brain work, puzzles, card games, whatever it is, I want to keep my brain active at all times. I want to learn new things constantly because if I don't, I I'm afraid that that horrible disease could just latch on whenever it wants to. I've dealt with so much and when it comes to people with Alzheimer's and dementia that I've actually made my own quote that a day that I've never, a day that goes by that I didn't learn something is a day lost. I feel like you got that from someone else. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I know who you got that from. Who? Me. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, but every day you should be learning something. 100%. You should. Every day. Your learn something new. Is such a complex structure that it can fucking think of itself in 11 different dimensions. And if you can. And now we know that. And 100% now we know at that. Least, at least. <laughs> I mean, that, you have five nerves that are controlling your eyeballs. Right. So, I mean, it, it's, it's complex. It is. So every day when I'm at work or whatever, I always talk to people, mm-hmm. right? And I'm that nerd that's like, hey, did you know? Yeah, I'm that guy. And I always walk away. I'm like, you learned something today. And there should be more people like you. You got to learn. You got to learn something. Learn something new. I love learning. And I, if I could go to school full time, I would. 100%. I love to learn so much. I would learn about the stupidest things that you guys would think would be stupid. But I find it so interesting learning about anything. Well, we hope that you learned something today. God, I hope so. Because I put... 
you don't understand how many hours and how much love I put into this one episode. Well, well let's discuss real quick before we go. Yes. A, you learned that I can actually say some hard words. I'm actually very impressed. <laughs> B, there are some really easy words that I can't say. <laughs> C, the brain is wild. Mm-hmm. D, everything, it, none of it matters, but everything does. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. I want to watch that movie, by the way. We should go watch it. I heard it's so good. We should watch it. Uh, There's so many memes about that movie. I can't stand it. I literally, I, I can't. I don't know anything about it. I just know it's, it's like a, an Asian chick that's in it or whatever, but I have no idea what it's about. I have no idea. I, I, I really want to watch it for sure. So anyway, get out there, read a book, do whatever you can. Keep your brain active. Please. Have fun. Don't judge anybody. Please don't. Use uh, cognitive thinking and, uh, yeah, have open open communication. Talk to each other. And at the end of the day, be nice. Yeah, that's the big one. That is a huge that's a big one. one. Just be nice because you never know when someone's having a bad day. You don't know unless you travel a mile in their boots. These boots made for walking. And that's just, and that's what? just what they'll do. Oh. Ooh. Because one of these days. Oh, yeah? These boots. Oh. They're going to walk. Oh, yeah? All of you. Oh, no. <laughs> that was my horrible Christopher Walken. All right. <laughs> you guys have a great one. Listen. And I know we're supposed to, like, say all the the poopers' names, the, the greatest people in the world's names. And uh, do you want to do it this time? I mean, I can. Yeah? Yeah. What do you, so who are you going to start with? I'm going to start with my favorite. You can't do it. Nope. nope no? No. No. no you gotta, Damn. You got to go back. But I love him, though. <laughs> so much I had to make his own voice. <laughs> so listen, do us a favor. Make sure to follow us over on uh, all the socials. We got the, you know, the Twitter. Even though I am literally after this episode, I'm I'm deleting like uh, uh, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm getting rid of that right now. In fact, I'll delete it the second we're done with this. Um, but get us over there on Instagram. We will. No, you know what? We're not going to be on TikTok anymore. No, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, if you're over there, make sure to, you know, subscribe, make Listen, sure to... there is one platform that has never done me wrong, and that is Spotify. 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 Yeah, and uh, Apple... Man, Apple, Apple this, is good for They have Apple this thing things. where it keeps, like, glitching all the time, and it, it's because if you don't download the episode, it'll, yeah. like, it'll like bounce around. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everyone has their glitches. All right, so, so do you have this in front of you right now? I don't, but I'll look at yours. You're gonna you're gonna come over and look at my all right. So Logan's doing this right now. All right, all right. All right hold I on. got this. Yeah, hold on, I'm gonna turn it towards hold you. Hey, we got this. We got this. We got this. All right, you're ready. We can't thank you enough for all the love and support we've received. You passengers, keep this train a moving. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. A very special thank you to our fearless and executive producer, Patreon poopers. You first class passengers. <laughs> To Mindy F., George DeJesus, Megan McTerry, Thomas Love Sabota, Amanda Dents, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin, Caitlin McKenney, <laughs> <laughs> Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunzelman, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Darty. <laughs> Got that? Darty. Nope. Darty. Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, I love you, Janet Shrill, <laughs> Chad Flint, Chris Cheryl. McCool. It's Cheryl. We learned that last time. <laughs> Cheryl. No, it's Cheryl. No, it's not. Are you sure? Yes. She made sure to tell me. <laughs> love you, Janet. All right. 
Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, 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 Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Please check out your favorite Fun Box Podcast. <laughs> Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sisters Skelton <laughs> Podcast. Make sure you check out the Sisters Skelton Podcast. You're coming up soon. <laughs> Maria Gibbs, Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Batchelor, Katie Brabenick, and your favorite, Bill Birch. Oh, good for you. Not as much Jewish mom as I would hope. (laughs) (laughs) So spread the word. And if you want your name to be mentioned on the show for us and to be forever grateful and humble, become a Patreon producer. And as always, stay safe out there. (laughs) And as always, of course, ladies and gentlemen, that would be a choo-choo motherfucker. Go home and get your fucking shine box. I love you.